And just like that, it feels inevitable that Bob Melvin is going to be the next manager of the San Francisco Giants. And a few weeks ago, when the idea was first floated, I was a little bit skeptical. But after thinking it over, I've pretty much fully come around on the idea and think that he probably is the best choice for the job. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there if you have not already. And please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And coming up on today's show, the snowball is rolling down the hill. It started out as a little piece, little snowball, and it has become a giant, huge thing careening down the side of a mountaintop. Uh, Bob Melvin to the Giants. Like, it, it's not official, certainly. I don't think he's even interviewed, but this is, I, I explained this to somebody last night. It's like, um, I don't know, famous actor, like Brad Pitt. I don't know. I don't, I'm not an actor buff, but, you know, you don't, you don't, he doesn't have to audition Right. In some in some cases. Right. Bob Melvin, he's a known commodity. And for the Giants to be seeking to interview him, they know what they would be getting in him. And so clearly and and like he wouldn't accept the opportunity to interview if he didn't if he wasn't serious about wanting the position and the Padres wouldn't have granted him permission to interview with the Giants if they weren't serious about moving on from him. And so there's this whole crazy backstory, but the place to begin is, is is simply the fact that Melvin has emerged indeed as the front runner, according to multiple sources for the Giants managerial vacancy. Um, Andrew Baggerly and Dennis Lynn of The Athletic broke this story yesterday uh, saying and including this quote, uh, that Melvin instantly becomes the Giants' leading candidate to replace manager Gabe Kapler, according to league sources briefed on the situation who are not authorized to speak publicly. And then later on, they say, now Melvin have, has emerged as the favorite in San Francisco with league sources indicating that he received assurances that he would be a top candidate before he agreed to participate in the interview process. And so uh, the whole, the backstory, I mean, basically I'm going to tell you why I think that like why I was skeptical at first and why I, like I mentioned, have pretty much fully come around on it with maybe one caveat. And that has to do with the coaching staff, which we're going to get into at the end. But 
Um, why I was skeptical at first was because I looked at this season and how the Padres were a disaster and Bob Melvin was the manager and they, you know, they had this superstar roster that most people thought, um, I mean, like not making the playoffs was kind of almost unthinkable with the roster that the Padres had. Uh, but many people thought they might be the best team in baseball and they might, you know, they're, they're, they may, they, a lot of people thought they were better than the Dodgers and that they would win the division, but they ended up winning 82 games and the Dodgers won 100. And so I'm sitting there thinking, you know, Bob Melvin was the manager of this team that so severely underperformed. But the more I've dug into what was going on in San Diego and read the stories about the disconnect between general manager AJ Preller and Bob Melvin and how they just clashed and how there's they just they are not working together well at all it makes more and more and more sense and then you think back and like the two AJ Preller has two winning seasons under his belt and he's been there for like over a decade and both of those two seasons were the last two years and both of those seasons were managed by Bob Melvin and this year, I mean, it was severely disappointing, 82 and 80 for them. But last year, they went to the National League Championship Series. They had to win a playoff series against the Mets, um, who had won 100 games uh, and on the road, a wild card series. And then they beat the Dodgers in the division series. And Bob Melvin was managing the Padres at the time. And then they lost to the Phillies in the NLCS. But Bob Melvin brings would bring like instant credibility he uh he's like instant credibility with i think fans and with players there's respect there's uh uh the fact that he apparently like reportedly has close ties and has maintained close relationships with uh asian born players such as ichiro way back when he managed the Mariners in 2003 and four. And also recently with you Darvish, who has kind of emerged as a um, advisor for players coming over from Japan. And so when Farhan Zaidi talks about the next manager being an effective recruiter, like all these dots are just starting to connect in my mind where I'm, I'm hearing, you know, the giants are interested not just in my hearing, we know that Farhan Zaidi was literally in Japan last week scouting or just making an appearance uh, with Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who's going to be maybe the second most highly sought after free agent this offseason uh, besides or after Shohei Otani. And this is a 25-year-old pitcher in Japan who Zaidi literally called one of the best pitchers on the planet like two, three weeks ago. And then we've also got um, Jung-Hoo Lee in Korea, and we've got clips of the Giants general manager, Pete Patella, attending Jung-Hoo Lee's last game playing for his team in Korea, like clap standing and clapping <laughs> during his last at bat. And so, and, and Bob Melvin had a close relationship with Ha Sung Kim of the Padres, apparently, uh, and Kim has blossomed under Melvin's watch, and um, and and Hassan Kim is a former teammate of 
Jung-Hoo Lee. And so there's just like all these things are starting to make just it just makes too much sense that it feels inevitable. Like it just feels to me like this is going to happen and that Bob Melvin is going to be the next manager of the San Francisco Giants. And based on what I'm saying, I think actually now that I've had time to like dig into the details, because that's the thing is I'll often have a first thought. But I also then do a ton of like research and background digging and all this stuff. And the more like digging I've done, the more that I just think it is the right fit for the Giants for what they need right now coming off of what Gabe Kapler, you know, the the strengths and weaknesses of Gabe Kapler, um, Melvin would kind of fill in all those weaknesses and turn them into strengths. I think. And in terms of Kapler's strengths, I think Melvin actually has a lot of those as well. Uh, like I said, the one question might come down to the coaching staff, and I'll get into what I mean by that a little bit later on. But coming up in just a minute, we're going to get into why did the Padres even grant permission for the Giants, a division rival, to, to interview their manager who's under contract for next season? That doesn't make any sense, or does it? You know, I talked about the dis, you know, the the bad relationship between AJ Preller and Bob Melvin. But what was going on? Why was there such a problem? And anyway, much more about this situation coming up in just a minute. And before we get into it, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event, whether it's I don't know, maybe you want to attend. One of these playoff games, maybe you want to head out and check out a World Series game or Giants next year or the theater or a concert, whatever it is, this is supposed to be a fun thing for you. And so why should buying tickets to that event have to be so stressful? And for me in the past, prior to game time, I always it always was a stressful experience going through the ticket buying process, especially... If I'm going to a new venue and I don't get an image of the seat view, that is a real problem for me because I don't know if I'm looking at different levels on a two-dimensional map, uh, what does it look like from the seat? And so Game Time has images of seat views and also the lowest price guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will just credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, as promised, more about the inevitability, perhaps, of Bob Melvin being the next manager of the San Francisco Giants. No, it's not official. So maybe, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but every, everybody, it's not just Baggerly. It's, um, Alex Pavlovich. It's Susan Slusser. Like everybody just seems to be writing about this as if it's going to happen. Even the Padres side, like I'm digging in to, I'm reading articles written by Padres writers and I'm watching YouTube videos by Padres podcasters and whatnot about this situation. And pretty much everybody, even ESPN is getting in on the action. Jeff Passan, 
it's just acting like, okay, this is just going to happen. Bob Melvin's going to manage the Giants. And so more about that right now. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day, every day or tomorrow. Who the heck knows what's going to be in store for us? Because it's probably going to be more about this. There's probably going to be more coming out. We got a weekday here. Um, for all we know, they could make a decision imminently. And if not, we do have a zillion mailbag questions that we're sitting on. But I would imagine kind of more fallout and reaction and details about this. Uh, the fact that the Giants appear poised to poach Bob Melvin from the San Diego Padres. And so why did the Padres even grant permission? Like I said, um, there were issues between Melvin and AJ Preller. AJ Preller is like kind of a wild man. I've done a million crossovers with Javier Reyes from Locked On Padres, and we always talk about how AJ Preller is a wild man. He, you know, he constructed this roster of stars and scrubs, basically. And so I don't, I do not know. Like I've tried to dig into it, but basically they just clashed personality wise. They just weren't on the same page. And yeah, according to Dennis Lynn in The Athletic today, who writes for uh, about the Padres for The Athletic, he says, um, almost from the start, Preller and Melvin clashed on communication, roster construction, and other issues. The rift between them got to the point that one Padres player recently told The Athletic he viewed it as unfixable. With some inside, uh, with some inside the organization echoing that sentiment. And then Baggerly says that, uh, that, quote, Melvin and Farhan Zaidi already have a cordial working relationship, having overlapped for three years in Oakland. And Melvin already knows how to interface with an analytically inclined front office. That includes finding an equilibrium and knowing when to push back or offer resistance when it comes to player usage and game mechanics. And this is ex this is where I've come around completely, is that, I mean, there's familiarity with Farhan Zaidi and Bob Melvin from their time together in Oakland. And Bob Melvin, like, he's... I, I don't like to put people into buckets of like old school versus new school. So I, I really don't want to do that. But if you if you draw a line like and Gabe Kapler's on one end and Bob Melvin's on the other end and we just draw a line. Excuse me. I was actually going to say Bruce Bochy is on the other end. They are far apart. Bochy and Kapler. There's no doubt. Like. And what do I mean by that? Do I mean like their communication style? Do I mean their the way they manage style? Um, I mean it all. Let's just put it all into one line. Where does Bob Melvin fall on this line? I would say he falls closer to the Bruce Bochy side, but he doesn't fall. He certainly doesn't go past Bochy. And he also there is some of the Gabe Kampler element. And that's kind of what uh, Baggerly is talking about here is that Bob Melvin is open-minded to, um, you know, he's work, working with the A's. The A's were a very analytically inclined 
front office. And they had a lot of success, by the way, under Bob Melvin. I mean, he's one of the most successful managers in their franchise's history. And, you know, like I mentioned this the other day, but somebody said on Twitter to me, like, if Giants fans don't like platoons, then just wait till they find out about Bob Melvin. Um, he understands that platoon players need to be platooned, but he also like has the has the uh, authority and kind of respect of front offices and players uh, in that he can push back and have a strong enough voice that he would be respected and listened to. And I think that that's probably what part of what was the problem in San Diego was that he he just maybe wasn't doing what AJ Preller wanted him to be doing and wasn't operating in the way AJ Preller wanted him to operate and i know that there's a lot of anti farhan zaidi sentiment that exists out there but the reality is farhan zaidi likes you know he's like like baggerly says i mean don't take it from me quote Melvin and Zaidi already have a cordial working relationship. Okay. So cordial, like he doesn't just use that word assuming that it's true. He, this is inside information. And what, what I'm trying to say is that Zaidi is not as hands on as you might think. And, you know, I think he, he likes to be in communication constantly or somewhat, you know, like daily at least with the manager about what's going on with everything. But at the same time, he's not one of these guys who's like micromanaging everybody. I do not think that at, at all that that's what Farhan Zaidi is actually like. So if you bring in a manager who's like got the respect of players and is willing to push back a little bit on ideas like for example, all the openers and stuff and all that. And if you've got a manager who's just like, you know what? My players, these guys, they're not into this. And I think we should do this instead. I think we should let Sean Manaya start. And I'm going to start him on, you know, this upcoming day. I don't want to use an opener in front of him. Then I think Zaidi would be receptive to that. And also, I think. He's not, Zaidi has lost leverage in that he's not really in a position to say no. And so part of this is, I mean, Farhan Zaidi's pick to replace Bruce Bochy was Gabe Kapler. And I think that that does ultimately say a lot because it just never seemed like the right fit, but Zaidi thought it would be. And so that's a big I don't want to say red flag, but it like in terms of just like the Giants way and all that, like they lost their way. They tried to become a whole new identity and it didn't work. And I think they need like to get back to equilibrium a little bit. And I do think that there's this potential for a good blend of kind of and it, and it's all over these this baggerly piece too that like the 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 ownership group basically still firmly kind of believes in a lot of the philosophies and practices of Farhan Zaidi. I mean, there's there are a lot of positives to point to. There are there really are. I mean, a lot of the 
around the margins types of moves. Like you don't just Mike Yastrzemski's and Tyro Estrada's don't just like grow on trees. And the fact that he's able to find these guys and, you know, the, you know, the success of the development of Logan Webb and Camilo Duvall and all that stuff like that kind of falls under his watch. Um, even though he didn't draft those players, but I don't know. A lot of trades worked out. Alex Dickerson was great, you know, when he, Darren Ruff out of Korea uh, and the impact that he made and uh, J.D. Davis, that trade was a fleece and Lamont Wade Jr. So, so there's a lot to point to. And I, di- I didn't even mention like the Carlos Rodon signing, Kevin, Kevin Gosman getting the most out of him. But you just got to pair that with someone who can kind of have some authority have that pull with maybe the players that you're trying to pursue this off season in Japan and Korea. And all of a sudden it starts to make all the sense in the world. And Oh, by the way, Bob Melvin is from the Bay area. And literally I went to the same high school as him. Menlo Atherton high school alum, Bob Melvin, probably going to manage the Giants. So my one concern it's about the coaching staff. As I've mentioned, I'll get into it in just a minute. And before We get into that. Today's episode is brought to you by our great, terrific friends over at FanDuel. October baseball is here and it's better than ever. We've got a game seven tonight, uh, Texas showdown. We've got the Phillies and Diamondbacks having an excellent series as well. And you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sports book for a reason. Join FanDuel today and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs, a lot of home runs, a lot of big home runs this postseason, uh, to who will win the game and the series and the World Series. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get a W, uh, predict what will happen in the next at-bat with quick bets, which is so much fun because, uh, yeah, I mean, just if you have a feeling about something, you know, like this guy's going to strike out. Don't you get feelings like that all the time? I do. And so that makes it a lot of fun at FanDuel. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed make every moment more with FanDuel official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball all right as promised we are going to get into my one area of possible concern with Bob Melvin as the seemingly like overwhelming suddenly favorite to manage the San Francisco Giants I do have a concern And there are other candidates and this is not official and maybe this doesn't happen, but it sure feels like it is going to happen. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow, there's probably going to be more coming out about this. And I would anticipate that that's going to take up a lot of our discussion. If it does not, we've got a bunch of mail. We might do a fresh mailbag set of mailbag questions, honestly. Just I want to... I've been wanting to do a live stream, so um, I'm also in the process of moving, so bear with me a little bit. My schedule and stuff has been a little bit insane, but uh, we will have the latest for you tomorrow, guaranteed, your team every day, 
and this managerial search is heating up in a big way. So why do I have concerns about the coaching staff? The concerns I have are simply that like the impact that we saw in 2020 and 2021 was enormous from, in my opinion, I mean, on the offensive side in particular in 2020 and 2021, but also on the pitching side. When we talk about the breakouts of, for example, Kevin Gosman and Drew Smiley that year, uh, mostly Gosman, who basically, I mean, the Giants signed him to initially a one-year, like $10 million deal. And by the time the Giants were done with him, he was a $110 million pitcher. And similarly with Carlos Rodon, it was a two-year, $44 million guarantee. And by the time the Giants were done with him, he was a $168 million pitcher. And on the offensive side, if you look at 2019 and then you look at 2020, 2020 was obviously a weird year, but it was an entirely new coaching staff. And it was a three-person coaching staff, which... Uh, coaching staff, three-person hitting staff group with uh, Donnie Ecker leading the way, but also Justin Veeley and Dustin Lind were still there and are still now, technically. Um, but the offensive improvement was enormous from 2019 to 2020. And then people were like, okay, well, it was a small sample of a season. Uh, they're not going to be able to keep it up. Well, they did, and then some in 2021. And so there's like, okay, there's an argument to be made that it was just a fluke year and a half of baseball because of how the next couple years went. But then there's the theory that, no, it was because Donnie Ecker left. That's why the last two years have come crashing down. But basically, there's probably something to that the Giants, like one of their best strengths under Kapler was several of the coaches they hired on the pitching side and on the hitting side. And even, I guess, uh, Kai Correa does have a really good reputation uh, as an infield kind of instructor. And look at the improvement of J.D. Davis. Look at the improvement uh, of Tyro Estrada, who some people were calling like a bad defender coming into the year. And he ended up as one of the best defenders in the game by outs above average. Um, and so Kai Correa was a, was a good defensive hire for infielders. And I think, and um, Donnie Ecker was obviously a great hire by Gabe Kapler. Uh, and if you, if you were to hire Bob Melvin, you're not going to get Donnie Ecker because there's no promotion to give him. And so he would not like the only way you get Donnie Ecker back is if you make him the manager, which is I, I do think they want to interview him. And so we'll see if the Rangers win today, then they go to the World Series and then you're going to have to keep waiting. Um, so that's going to be interesting and possibly going to delay everything. Uh, but then on, even on the pitching side, not even, but maybe even particularly on the pitching side, Brian Bannister, who has left the organization, but made from what we understand like a huge impact like some pitchers on the Giants like Alex Cobb I think said that he couldn't believe the Giants let him get away 
because he's like a he called him like a pitcher whisperer or something like that, like just a guru with pitchers. And that's kind of how I've come to understand Donnie Ecker as well for hitters. And so Gabe Kapler did a good job of bringing in some of the best coaches for development and for getting the most out of players. And it, it didn't really work these last couple of years, especially on the hitting side. So that's the only area where I have concern is because I don't know who Bob Melvin would be keen on hiring to fill out these kind of roles. Like, are we just going to go back to the dark ages of the hitting coach is just some guy? Like we used to say, the hitting coach, they don't really have much of an influence on the hitting. Like that was a commonly believed and said and true. It was true. It wasn't just commonly believed. It was a fact that hitting coaches were just kind of there to support hitters who already knew how to hit because they were major league talents and, you know, offer tips and suggestions and whatever, but not um, tra- uh, potentially transform players from A to B, like from someone who struggles to a superstar, which we see, we've seen in the league with certain players like Jose Ramirez and um, Justin Turner and J.D. Martinez, you know, and the Dodgers do a great job of this still to this day. Like the, look at the season of like Jason Hayward and the fact that he was so terrible in Chicago for so long. And then they, they bring him in and he's suddenly like a good player again. So I just worry, like, are you just, are we just going to go back to the dark ages of some hitting coach? Who's just like, but, but, but I'm not sure. This, I'm just not sure because I think Bob Melvin understands the modern game. His time in Oakland, like they had to take every advantage they could because they weren't going to spend any money. And so they understood like what needed to be done to get the most out of their players. And they did. And he often had a lot of success there. Not He has not had a lot of postseason success. That is a fact. Um, but by the way, I, I just have to mention uh, Susan Slusser has reported that um, Melvin would likely bring back some other names from the Giants' past, including former third baseman Matt Williams, who is the Padres' third base coach. And then she continues by saying, there are numerous other former Giants in the mix for coaching spots. Possibilities on a newly revamped coaching staff include Pat Burrell as a hitting coach and Ryan Vogelsong as pitching coach. The Chronicle has learned with current pitching coach Andrew Bailey's status up in the air. And so I don't know. I don't know if Ryan Vogelsong would be a good pitching coach. I know he was popular here, but I don't know if we want to just be hiring people because they were popular. I want, I think they still need. That, like to strike that balance and this is potentially swinging the pendulum too far the other direction if you're just like let's just hire all the guys who were popular and just stick them into these roles where are they truly the best in the world at this job or are they just like they played for us and they the fans liked them that's what i don't know um slusser continues bailey is extremely well regarded but his family is on the east coast and he Uh, And he's believed to want to work closer to home. Bailey has been highly sought after around the majors with multiple teams 
making inquiries, though there is the potential he could remain with San Francisco as the director of pitching or bench coach. So that's super interesting. And then lastly, she says the Giants hitting coaches this year, Justin Veely, Dustin Lind, and Pedro Guerrero are the one unit whose return has been iffy given the erratic nature of the offense last year. And Jeff Passan, lastly, lastly, of ESPN, says, if Melvin does go to San Francisco, he is expected to receive relative autonomy in filling out his staff with only a few coaching holdovers, certain sources said. So anyway, this is all breaking news, huge news. Um, and by the time you're listening to this, who knows, maybe the Giants make a decision. But I would imagine they want to interview Ecker, and he's still going with the Texas Rangers, and we'll see what happens tonight. But We'll be back tomorrow with the latest, and I expect more to come out today. So thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance, and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. We'll see what tomorrow brings. Thanks again for listening. You are now Lockdown Giants.